You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. of the 12 most choice disciples he was speaking to was Judas. And he was the kind of hypocrite that had never really been saved. Watch out for the East of the Pharisees as a Christian. Watch out for the East of the Pharisees where you're just playing. You just look like a Christian. You act like a Christian, but you've never, ever really been born again. You most likely will be surprised at who does and who doesn't make it into heaven. The heartbreaking truth is that many people, even pastors and church leaders, won't make it. As Pastor Danny will explain in today's message, just like Judas, these people may have their act down. They say all the right things and avoid all the wrong actions. They just seem so close to God, yet their hearts can be far from Him. They never truly humbled themselves. They simply covered up in rules and regulations. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 12 as he continues his message, Passover. going to be a final judgment. There is a real lake of fire. I know it's hard to fathom, but that's what the Bible teaches. Nobody has to go to the lake of fire because God has offered a sacrifice for sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever, I love that whosoever believes in him, trusts in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. We were up again this past week at the youth camp, this time the high school youth camp. A lot of bikers up in the area where this youth camp is held. Bikers are really particular about their clothes. They love clothes that say something. And I was thinking, as I was watching all these bikers and reading some of their clothing, I'm going to do a shirt, and it's going to say, if you die without a Savior, there's hell to pay. That's a good shirt. If you die without a Savior, there's hell to pay. But you don't have to go to hell, and you don't have to experience the lake of fire. All you have to do is apply the blood personally. You have to receive Jesus. You can't be saved because your mom's saved or your dad's saved or your son or daughter is saved. No, you have to apply the blood. And what a wonderful privilege. Now, inseparably linked to the Passover sacrifice 
It's called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You would choose the lamb. The lamb is in your possession for four days. You would slaughter the lamb. You would apply the blood. And at twilight, at twilight, the end of the day, the beginning of the next day, you would begin the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You back up in Exodus 12, verse 15, for seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. Whoever has any yeast in it from the first day through the seventh, he'll be cut off from Israel. It's a serious thing. A natural thing that after you sacrifice the Passover lamb, you apply the blood, then you enter into seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And it's a natural link that if you're going to sacrifice the lamb, apply the blood, then you're naturally going to move into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Leaven in the Bible is representative of sin, of evil. So after the sacrifice of the lamb, applying the blood, everyone is to go through his entire house, and, and for seven days you're to make sure there is no yeast anywhere in your house. Now leave Exodus 12 and go to the New Testament with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And before we read this text, another reminder that the Passover sacrifice of the Old Testament is fulfilled in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And now... We don't take a literal lamb and sacrifice a literal lamb and eat the lamb. For us, our practice at this church, we have a little cracker. I know it's not much, but it's what it represents. And it represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself. He is the Passover lamb. And He took the punishment that you and I deserve in his body. He took the beating. And mysteriously enough, when he hung on the cross, he took our sin in his body. And as he shed his blood, and that's the little welches we're going to share in tonight, it represents his blood. He died, and he shed his blood. Spotless lamb, precious blood, untainted blood. Sinless. So Paul refers to the New Testament practice of communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 6, he says right near the beginning, don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast, that you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. What he's saying is, by faith in Christ, and as you have personally received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God says now, you're forgiven, you're cleansed by faith. But practically speaking, we still need to watch out for leaven. You really are a new batch without yeast, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival. He's talking about when they come together and share the communion meal, not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. 
that you're sincere in your commitment to Christ and you're living and walking in truth. The context of Paul writing here in 1 Corinthians 5 was sexual sin in the church. But let's not go to the context right now. Let me go to what Jesus said. Jesus gave us three types of leaven, three types of leaven that we're to watch out for. The first one, as we go to it, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered, so they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. And he tells us what it is, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you've said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you've whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. He began first with his disciples. That's interesting. So even true disciples can have the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, the word means you are play-acting. That what you're portraying on the outside, is not the reality. In his blistering message about the Pharisees in Matthew 23, he said, on the outside, you appear to men as righteous, but you got a real problem on the inside. I'll never be not amazed at how we try to hide our sin. I mean, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sin. God comes walking in the cool of the day. Adam! Where are you? God knew exactly where he was. Adam, though, with Eve, was hiding. <laughs> I mean, every time I think about it doesn't, it, doesn't it sound just humorous to think you can hide from God? But Adam and Eve tried, and we've been doing it ever since. I did it as a young teenager. That's why I had 13 bottles of Visine, because not only did I want the Visine, to douse my eyes with after I'd smoked pot and drank, and then I'd go in at the end of the evening, and I didn't want my mother to see the red eyes. And so I would douse them with Visine, hoping it would get the red out. But I also became a kleptomaniac, and every time I was in a little convenience store, I would pocket another bottle of Visine. So I at one time had 13 bottles of Visine. I was stocked up, man prepared. I thought I had the perfect place to hide my bag of pot. Right in between the foam and the shell of my bass drum in my bedroom. But you got to remember to put it back there every time after rolling the joints in the bathroom or your mother might find it, which is exactly what happened to me. And, of course, she said, what is this? I said, I don't know. Must be Dwight's, my brother's. The lie didn't hold up, though, but the point is we hide. We hide. But to think you can hide from God, 
Listen, listen. It's foolish to try to hide from God. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And it can affect a genuine Christian, someone who really has applied the blood, who really has been born again. But before I move on to the second leaven Jesus warns about, let me just say, um, the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, can also be someone who looks like a Christian, who acts like a Christian, has grown up in church, is born into a real godly Christian family. The truth is they've never been born again. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, as I just read in Luke chapter 12, one of the 12 most choice disciples he was speaking to was Judas. And he was the kind of hypocrite that had never really been saved. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees as a Christian. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees that you're just playing. You just look like a Christian, you act like a Christian, but you've never, ever really been born again. So second type of yeast. Jesus mentions this, and I'll go to Matthew chapter 16 for this one. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 6. Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I used to think they were one and the same. But if you study the Scriptures, you understand that the Pharisees had a particular type of yeast, and Jesus said theirs is hypocrisy. What's the Sadducees? Well, the Bible tells us the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection, which is an odd thing. You believe in God, but you don't believe in resurrection. So you are a religious person. You believe in God but you're not living in light of eternity. The yeast of the Sadducees is short-sightedness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. In other words, your focus in life, if you don't believe in resurrection, you could be a religious person and yet just living for the things of this life. It affects how you spend your money. It affects uh, what is valuable to you. Religious, believer in God, nice person, moral, but possibly affected by the yeast of the Sadducees. You're not living in light of a future hope and resurrection life. And before I move on to the third type of leaven, one of the greatest times in New Testament church history was the early church in Jerusalem, and the book of Acts records just the amazing things that were happening. I mean, how many people got saved uh, on the day of Pentecost when Peter gets up and preaches the gospel? I mean, 3,000 people in one day are added to the church. Miracles are happening. 
Uh, You're getting the best teachers on the planet at the time, the apostles, and you can go to church every day at the temple courts and you can get just the best teaching from these apostles. It says for a period of time that because of the giving nature of the church, some people were selling pieces of land that they didn't really need. They were taking the proceeds, giving them to the leadership of the church. The leadership was distributing to anybody as they had need. And for a period of time in that early church, it says there were no needy persons among them. What a church to be a part of. And you would think, you would think that being a part of that kind of a church, it would make it very difficult for leaven to get into your life. But in that church, Acts chapter 5 records for us a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira together sold a piece of land led by the Holy Spirit to sell a piece of land like others and to bring the money and give it to the leadership of the church and it too would have been distributed to needy people. But after they sold it, They kept back a portion of it in disobedience to what the Lord wanted. Peter comes to them one at a time, and God gives Peter a word of knowledge about what they have done. And one by one, individually, they lie to the Holy Spirit. And God takes their lives. And you find in Ananias and Sapphira, both the yeast of the Pharisees, They were hiding something, hypocrisy, and the yeast of the Sadducees because they got their eyes on what that money could buy instead of taking that money and doing with it what the Lord had directed. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Watch out for the yeast of the Sadducees, which is nearsightedness and short-term living. And not living in light of resurrection. And then there's one more. And for this last one, Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 and verse 15. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. What's the yeast of Herod? Well, there were many Herods. Most of them were wicked rebels, including the one that was ruling and reigning when Jesus gave this warning. Herod is not a religious guy. Herod does not claim to believe in Jesus as the Savior. Herod does not claim to be following God. Herod is doing what Herod wants to do. Herod is the non-religious person. Herod is the person that's just a rebel. Herod is the one that's saying, give me the glory now and give me everything I can now. Everything this world has to offer. That's the leaven of Herod. And the Herod's got a lot of what this world had to offer. They got the glory They got the pleasure. And Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and then loses his soul? 
So three types of leaven that Jesus specifically warned us about. One last scripture, and then we'll share together. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. A man or woman ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. So we share tonight in our little cracker, but it's what the cracker represents. It's Jesus' sacrifice for you, for me. The little cup, for us grape juice. But it's what it represents, the blood of Jesus Christ. And every time we come together for the communion table, it's an opportunity and an exhortation to examine ourselves. Jesus, when he washed the disciples' feet, he comes to Peter, and uh, Peter initially was resistant, and then Jesus said, well, if I don't wash your feet, you won't have any part with me. And then Peter, in Peter fashion, goes, well, then not just my feet, but my hands, my head, my whole body. And Jesus says to Peter, someone who has had a bath needs only to wash their feet. What he was saying is, you're clean now by faith in me. But as you walk in the world, your feet are going to get dirty. And you're going to need repeated foot washings in the same way. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are a new batch and we are clean by faith in him. But practically speaking, as you walk in the world, sometimes the leaven. And so one last reminder of the three types of leaven. This is my best effort at defining the leaven of the Pharisees. It's a religious person. And don't forget that. These are people who have commitment to the Lord, commitment to God. But their life does not reflect reality. And the reality is there's something hidden. There's something they're not going to let you see at a church service. They're not going to let you see in a normal conversation. It's hidden in their life. But God knows. Best thing you can do for yourself, if that's you, get it out. Get it out. Confess it. Repent of it. And as you come to the communion table, make the fresh commitment and get that leaven out of your life. The leaven of the Sadducees. This also is a religious person. This is someone who is committed in some degree to God, believes in God, but they are not focused on the things of eternity. They're occupied. The Bible sometimes calls it being engrossed in the things of this life only. And then third, of course, is the leaven of Herod. And that's the person that's living for the pleasure and glory of this present world without any pretension of religious commitment. You say, why would you share that one in church? Because sometimes they're in church. They don't always come voluntarily. 
Sometimes they come because mom and dad makes them. so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. We'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and that their hearts would be open to the truth of the gospel. Please also pray for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from God's truth. That does incur some costs, though. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website one more time is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for being a part of our time here today on The Living Word.